Okay, reading from the Anchalila of Chaitanya Bhagavat, Chapter 2. Jaya Jaya Sri Chaitanya Jaya Nityananda Jaya Dvaita Chandra Jaya Gaur Bhakta Vrinda Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya Vrindavana Madhye Yena Gopagana Shanga Ramakrishna Bhojana Karena Shayanga It appeared as though Krishna and Balaram were joyfully taking lunch in Vrindavan in the midst of their cowherd boyfriends. Omagana Timarandasya Gananjana Shalakaya Chaksur Unmalatamyena Tasmai Sri Gurave Namaha. Sri Chaitanyamano Bishnam Sapitamyena Bhutale Swayam Rupakadamayam Dadati Sapadantikam. Manchakalpa Trubyascha Kripa Sindhu Bayevacha Patitanam Pavanebhyo Vaishnavebhyo Namo Nama. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Sri Advaita Gadadhar Shivas Adigor Bhaktivinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare So, what is this? Garden State Parkway? Almost. What route is this? Greetings from 138 New Jersey. I'm headed upstate um, to stay with Leela Vrindavan and Jumuna Bihari, who just came back from Columbia. Is that the noise of your car? Oh, okay. Tota's going to get a new car tomorrow, actually. No, true, tomorrow kind of the mufflers broke, so you hear that kind of sound in the background. Um, yeah. They just came back from Columbia. And I'll go halfway to the Rival's house and uh, have my 11 o'clock class there. Um, we're going to finish this chapter in Chaitanya Bhagavad. I'm very happy that we're we're kind of progressing. It's it, it, you know, a it's only once a week or twice a week, but it's amazing how much you can cover because that's what I did in Vrindavan for 20 years. Every day, you know, 40 minute class, 20 minute kirtan. You go through so many, so many books. So it's kind of kind of rewarding to actually have that. The Sangha, I, I described that the Chaitanya Bhagavad is like a, a Google map into time. It takes you 500 years back into Bengal, where there is Chaitanya Charitamrita, where the, the character of the life force and immortality, where Krishna comes as Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and uh, 
he's um, you know exchanging with his devotees, and we actually almost get to be there and experience it. Before we go into that, um, within this last two weeks, and I spoke I within this last week, and I I spoke on it on Monday, but. I think most of you probably weren't here Monday or only half of you. So I'll, I, I won't speak as extensively as I spoke on Monday, but I will say something else. One of my God brothers passed away in Vrindavan and it was the hundredth anniversary um, of Srila Narayan Marj, who I was fortunate to have some really good association with. So I'll just briefly talk. Um, Vishal was uh, a devotee that joined in 1968, one of the first devotees in San Francisco. Um, and he gets to leave the world in Vrindavan. And, you know, personally, I knew him. He struggled with his mind. You know, he had some kind of karma with his mind. He struggled. And, you know, I was speaking to Aburi John just this morning and just mentioning how there's so many things that go on with the, the There's their mind and their body and their karma. And, you know, but actually you can see with people like this, the devotion is a completely separate thing. <laughs> You can be the most cultured person in the world and be selfish. And you can be struggling with your mind and, and, and your karma and, and even do embarrassing things sometimes, but uh, you're sincere. So he really, you know, Prabhupada entered into his heart from the first time he saw him and he never forgot that. And I used to spend a little time with him and he would explain to me how, um, yeah, this is where you gotta be careful. He's going in and on. Uh, um, he explained to me the first time he met Prabhupada, he was a, a fuller brush salesman in San Francisco. And he told me that he took so many doses of LSD that one year in his life is completely missing. But he got a Bhagavad Gita and he read it while he was on LSD. And then he went to see Prabhupada, which you had access then. There weren't that many devotees. And the first thing he did is he came up to Prabhupada and said, I read your Bhagavad Gita and it blew my mind. That's how he explained it to me. And, uh, you know, he just had that faith and he, he, he died at 82. He joined in 68. Um, that's, uh, he died this year, joined, that's 52 years. He was distributing books. Just imagine at the age of 82. And every day in Vrindavan, he would, you know, if if Betty is there, she remembers when she went to the Miami temple to visit and 
he got her to take some books. Um, a Bhakti Devi, excuse me. And, uh, but he had this incredible faith, incredible faith. And, and I always tell the story that one time Prabhupada came to Vrindavan and, and he just ran towards Prabhupada jumping, say, Vrindavan Dham Ki Jai, Vrindavan Dham Ki Jai, Vrindavan. And Prabhupada said, you like it? He, sa he said, yes, Prabhupada. And Prabhupada said, it's yours. And then he got a letter from Prabhupada that he should stay in Vrindavan and preach to the Brijbasis. And he stayed for 14 years after that. And somehow or other, he couldn't get his visa renewed. And the um, foreign registration office, they'd come to his office where he was preaching. And any time they would come and say, you know, you always say your visa, you have to leave. He would pull out his letter and, and say, Prabhupada said, I can stay. Prabhupada said, I can stay. And they became so frustrated. They just couldn't communicate anything to him beyond Prabhupada said, I can stay. And then they uh, came with the police to get him. And he frantically ran out in the street and escaped on a moving tempo. And they couldn't catch him. And he had such persuasive powers and determination that he went to the Supreme Court of India, asked who is the top lawyer. And they said, Shanti Bhushan, who prosecuted Indira Gandhi during the emergency. He was famous. And he convinced him to take the case. Harvey Dacta versus the government of India. And he won the case. <laughs> and, you know, he would go to Delhi to preach. He got into see Indira Gandhi so many times that the last time she finally said, okay, okay, I have all the books, enough, enough. <laughs> And then when he had problems with his visa again, he got it to see the home minister at a time where India was under, actually there was a revolution of the Sikhs in Punjab for Khalistan, for a separate, a separate state. Um, and he went to Nishringa Rao and he gave him some prasadam and he said, look, I need, I need your help. And he had gone to see him many times. He said, I need your help because, you know, and the Shringarau looked at him and said, you know, it, it's a crisis. I mean, the crisis at that time was intense. The head of the, the revolution was hiding in the Golden Temple. Indira Gandhi bombed the temple. And the Sikh bodyguard of Indira Gandhi assassinated her. The country was, it was unbelievable what was happening in that country at the time. I remember at that time, you know, people were pulling Sikhs off the trains and, you know, when Indira Gandhi, it was so intense. So he said, look, I'm in the middle of this. I can't do it. And Vishal looked at him with such disbelief. And he said, I gave you Mahaprasadam. So <laughs> he had this kind of absolute faith, distributed books to the end and uh, died in Vrindavan. Died in Vrindavan. That faith 
it trumps any other quality one may have, what their karma is, what their difficulty is, not controlling the senses, their anger problems, whatever karma I you have. Friends but, and stuff like that. But I feel like at least I'm doing the cardio. What, what's going on here? Who is that? What? You can hear me. I can hear you. Yeah, okay. All right. Anyway, someone got on there and I didn't understand who that was. But um, okay. And then Tira Bab Titi of Srila Narayan Maharaj. And, uh, you know, I knew him from the beginning in Vrindavan before he was even initiating. Because in his mutt, there was only one Acharya. And his guru made the stipulation that the next Acharya had to be a Naishtika Brahmachari. A Brahmachari we celebrate his whole life. And then a Sannyasi. And the Raimaj had been married and had two children. So although he was so much more prominent than this other person, No, oh, oh, actually, no, what happened is, yeah. So th that was okay. There was his, his he had a, a god brother who, who was a senior god brother called Vamana Maharaj, who was an outstanding devotee. Okay, so he was initiating. But when Vamana left, Narayan Maharaj was so much senior. But because of that stipulation, he couldn't initiate. So he, he would live in Matara, very powerful, but during the day, no one was there. So he had a very nice sadhana and he'd sometimes come and, and uh, take me to Mount Krishna Maharaj, Bhuri Jam Prabhu, Indra Swami, Bibi Govinda Swami on Parikram. Sometimes the whole Gurukul, he came once, I remember he took us on Parikram. So it was a very nice relationship. And he had, on Prabhupada's request, he had done the rituals to put Prabhupada in Samadhi because none of the, his disciples were conversant with those things. And, uh, you know, when Prabhupada passed away, he was the first one here with his people do kirtan. When Prabhupada passed away, they put Prabhupada's body on his Vyasasan. And all the Vaishnavas from Vrindavan would come. And all night they were doing kirtan. And then we took Prabhupada's body to all the seven major temples of Vrindavan and then back into the Samadhi. And Narayan Maharaj also was the contact for Prabhupada to send instruments and sweets and all those things from India to 26 Second Avenue. So he was substantial and uh, we had a lot of trust in him. And he was very detached because he wasn't initiating. You know, most people, they go off on their own, but as long as his god brother was there, he was in that month later, he, 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 by the force of providence, he, he began to accept disciples. So I had two major uh, dilemmas in my life. The first one is when I was asked 
by John of initiation. I was the first disciple. I was in the dilemma what, what I should do. And because I couldn't really decide, I, I decided I would go to Narayamaj and put it before him. And whatever he says, I will do. Because either way, it was he's not going to say anything against Prabhupada. He didn't say you can do it or not. So I remember when I went to see him, he was sitting alone outside his room. And I, asked, I told him I was in two minds. One mind, this, this may have been 25, 30 years ago, I just said, I feel if I accept disciples, I don't feel I'm free from puja, the desire for worship, and pr pratishta, from the desire for prestige. And I feel that this is going to agitate these things. I said, but on the other side, in Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu, one of the items of devotional service is one shouldn't build big, too many temples, one shouldn't write too many books, and one, the heat down now, and, and, and one shouldn't accept too many, one should accept disciples. Of course, the commentary indicates that you, you should do them, but without prestige, and these things can be very detrimental. And it says in terms of disciples, it says that it's the duty of a sannyasi to increase his family with some pradaya. So I asked Narayamaj what I should do. And it's almost as I remember, almost affectionately, he kind of put his left hand on my head and with his right hand. And he said, was this approved? And I said, yes. And then he said, then I order you to take disciples, not me, but Prabhupada through me. And don't think you're guru. Do it as a service to your guru and don't take too many disciples. So, you know, I felt that Prabhupada Krishna spoke through him and therefore I've already accepted him like a Siksha guru. And uh, then the, the, this is actually before that what happened is the GBC asked me to take sannyas. I was not even 32 yet. Um, but that wasn't the problem in those days. <laughs> you know, there was no one in the movement who was <laughs> much older than me. So, but the problem was in those days in ISKCON, after Prabhupada left, there were seven zonal acharyas, 11. The world was divided up into sections. And it was expected that you take initiation from the person who was the GBC zonal acharya. And that caused a lot of disturbance for many, many reasons. But the person who was my GBC and sannyas, who I'd have to take sannyas from, was Baba Ananda. And he wasn't, as a manager, I think he was the best I've ever worked for. He was a really good leader, very personal and into it, walking around every, and Prabhupada liked that. My, my, one time, Tamal Krishnamaraj told me about Mayapur. He said, everything you see that you like, that was done by Bhavananda. 
anything you don't like was done after it. The big deities, the uh, Panchatattva, Bhavananda, the Gurukula, and how it was, Bhavananda, so many things. But he, he wasn't a renunciate, and later that came out. In fact, this is a funny story. I, I, I could tell you this. Another one of the zonal acharyas was Hamsaduta, who I happened to like, actually. I thought, but he was kind of a bit wild. And he came to Prabhupada's disappearance festival with a, guitar, a folk guitar and, and sung a song to all the 11 acharyas. And his lines for Bhavananda, I remember to this day, and I'll sing them right now. It's been a little bit of a rough morning. I still got up early, but um, I had to finish Monday morning greetings and, and chant and try to prepare and, and pack. So, and, and I'm traveling. So it's a little bit more of the mode of passion than normally. Usually I'm just sitting that whole time in class. Here's the song. Uh, dashing, handsome, and carefree. Baba Nanda Goswami. Oh, wait, wait. No, wait. Oh, I, I forgot the whole song. Someone here probably knows it because I sung it before. Let me sing it. Uh, oh, rubies, diamonds, rings, and gold just attract fools to the spiritual world. Dashing, handsome, and carefree. Baba Nanda Goswami. Now you can imagine I wasn't inspired <laughs> to take sannyas from him. So I went to Narayamaraj and I, I put it before him and I said, um, I said, uh, you know, this is a situation, but it's just a formality anyway. And he said, no. Every Vaishnav relationship should be real. There's no formalities in Vaishnav relationships. You should take who you're most inspired from. And I took Sanyas in, in 1982 from His Holiness Satsrut Maharaj, who that example was there. Um, and just other things he said, I'm not going to go into the details because I want to get to the story. But another thing came to him. And he told me, when a Vaishnava begs forgiveness, it's all gone. And that stuck in my heart. And I've applied that in my life. I never belied that fact. And another thing he told me is, Vaishnava is one who promotes faith in Guru. And I've also kept that. So I kind of feel now, looking back, a fortune to have grown up in Vrindavan and you know, met so many senior Vaishnavas, not just Vaishnavas, but that lived in that culture where, it, it, you know, the things that we learned in the Bhagavatam, they were already living in their life before they came to Krishna consciousness. Um, okay. So I, I, I feel good. I wanted to say something. Um, because I am very grateful to him. I could go on and on in many ways. 
now we're in the uh, Chaitanya Bhagavat and uh, Lord Chaitanya meets the devotees in Shantipur on the way to Jayapur. Remember, he left for sannyas and now he's stopping in Shantipur outside of his hometown, Navadweep, just maybe 45 minutes by car. And send Nityananda to Navadweep, tell the devotees to meet him. And what do they do? They do this incredible kirtan. And then Lord Chaitanya in his spontaneous mood manifest his Aishvarya, his opulence. He's the hidden avatar, Chana avatar, but when you're hidden, you can also go out of hiding. And he goes out of hiding and he manifests and says, I am God, I am this incarnation, I am that. And then he sports in the water with the devotees and then they take prasadam. Um, what a nice life. What a nice life to have, actually. Um, and uh, so while he's taking prasadam, Nityananda is Balaram and Vajritanya is Krishna. And although the, the externals are different, the mood is very revealing. And, and, and what was the favorite activity of Krishna and Balaram? so he goes to Bihari, Matachitahari. And then a song, and it describes they're sitting in lines, they're taking prasadam. It's been very important in Vaishnav culture to take Masadam as Vaishnavas and have it cooked with love, have it served with love, accepting it with love. Vaishnav culture means to surround a person in activities that open their hearts to Krishna. So people are watching this and it, it looks Krishna and the cowherd boys that in the Bhagavatam it's described that they sit in circles around Krishna and Balaram and they share off of each other's plates. So it's just so inspiring within the heart to see this. The Lord smiled as he described those pastimes, everyone was taking lunch. So Lord Chaitanya is feeling this in his heart and he's explaining the Leela of Krishna and Balaram, how they take the sodom. There's a picnic that's prepared by the, by the mothers of the elderly gopis and Krishna goes out every morning and, and then they have and then they stop at a, at a suitable place. Swakeli, Sampat. Sampat means wealth. Swakeli, or play. There's, there's, there's a well. Vrindavan uh, has the assets, the Sampat, the assets, the, the environment for play. 
and they sit in the nice place on the sandy Jamuna River. And then they make plates out of leaves or rocks or, or and they all just share prasadam together. And the mothers in Vrindavan in the morning, as they're cooking for their own sons, they know that their sons will be sharing it with Krishna. And they cook. Yasomati Nandana Brajabara Nagara Gokula Ranjana Kana Gopi Parana Dana Madana Manahara Kaliya Dama Darbidana Amalaharina Mamiyadi and they're cooking and then they prepare and then and then Krishna is eating all the love of all the mothers in Vrindavan and all their, his friends who, who, who are in the mood of, of giving it actually and sharing it with Krishna. And Krishna is sharing what Mother Yasoda gave with him. And while Nityananda and Lord Chaitanya are taking Prasadam and chanting, Haribo, Haribo, as they're in this mood. So, this is Vaishnav culture saying this. I'm really feeling now separation from Vrindavan, from Mayapur, and come hell or high water in the English expression. Come hell or high water, I'm going back. And also to Colombia, I will go. Who has the power to describe these pastimes? Only one who's favored by the Lord can do so. When you want to know a person, you can only know that person if that person gives themselves to you. And one will only give themselves to you if you love them, which is manifest in your seva bhav, your attitude of service, and your actions of service. God is a person. There's no logical way to understand his intimate side. There's no logical way to understand anyone's intimate side. It's only logical that you can only know a person's intimate side out of love. So unless you're favored, you miss the point. You don't get it. You look at it as mundane. You look at it as mythological. You really don't have that. And, and you, you're not able to see it beyond your own skewed intelligence. But Krishna has to favor us. It's the same thing with chanting the holy name. It's not mechanically produced. God has to give his mercy to those who are sincere. As soon as the Lord got up finishing his meal, all the devotees eagerly took his remnants. And of course, that's 
one aspect of devotion is you should take the remnants of the Lord, the cloth that wore the, the, the Lord wore, the flowers that are offered. It's a way of honoring. These actions are an expression of the heart. And as their expression of the heart, they open their heart to bhakti. They are bhakti. You love someone, you honor someone, then those things in relationship to that person becomes important. So, and there's a nice verse from the Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Simply by decorating ourselves with the garlands, fragrant oils, cloths, and ornaments that you have already enjoyed, and by eating the remnants of your meals, we, your servants, will indeed conquer your illusory energy. Because what attracts the illusory energy? It's your, your, your misidentification as the enjoyer and controller. It, when you have that, it skews your consciousness to see Krishna's energy as separate from Krishna so that you can enjoy it. And that re enjoyment requires an illusion that it's separate from Krishna. Because our, enjoy, we, our, 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 our desire to enjoy is intertwined with our feelings, our desires to be superior. When you see reality, you, that, it destroys that feeling. But when you're a servant of God, you don't want that feeling. Because that, that feeling covers your devotion. So all these things, when you take remnants, I honor you. You are above me. You are worthy of me. You are superior to me. And it's such a sweet feeling, except for the egotist who hates that feeling. You are better, you are superior. I am your servant. It's a feeling in the heart. It's not egotistical. It doesn't help you necessarily to control and enjoy the world. But if you have the higher taste of serving the world, you have the higher taste of devotion in your heart, then that mood, the head bowed, the hands folded, Please accept my humble obeisances, the glorification of others. Gopi Bhartu Parakamalar Dasa 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 Anudasa. It's such a sweet feeling, but we want the feeling of ego, we want the feeling of credit. One of my god brothers was, was writing a book. And you know, he called me up and asked me some questions. I gave him everything I have printed. Don't put my name. 
I had, I had particular realizations of this. He may give me a credit or not, but it's hard to do. But the feeling in the heart, when you really do things just to serve, without the expectation of anything in return, that's the very definite definition of bhakti. So the Vaishnavi gets the flowers from the deity and he puts it on his head and he smells the flowers and he honors it. Even respectable elderly persons acted like children. This is the potency of devotional service. So even very sober elderly people wanted that humble, simple mood. I am your servant. You are my master. Whatever you want, I will do. Any pious person who hears these topics certainly achieves Lord Gorasundar, just, uh, it's not the end, but it's like a full shruti, something that you hear something that gives the fruit. If you appreciate these things, as I quoted Voltaire, I don't know where I got that quote, it stuck with me for so many years, that which you appreciate gradually belongs to you, it comes to you. So if you can appreciate this, how wonderful, there is a God. There is a Supreme Lord. It's not me. I am the servant of God. I don't have material significance. But I don't want material significance. I want spiritual significance. And spiritual significance, I am the humble servant of Guru and Krishna. In this way, the devotees again met the Lord and again performed Sankirtan with great pomp. You have so many responsibilities, they must be done. That's also your, your that, that's God's will. This is how I learn, earn my living. This is how I take care of my family. This is my responsibility. This is my civic duties. These are... But as soon as you're not, Hare Krishna, that's Lord Chaitanya. As soon as there's opportunity, Kirtan. They were eating, they were exchanging, they were talking with each other, Lord Chaitanya. And then as soon as there's a minute, Kirtan. One who hears about how the Lord took his meal with all the Vaishnavas attains the wealth of love of Godhead. Accepting Sri Chaitanya and Nityananda Prabhu as my life and soul, I, Vrindavandas, sing the glories in their lotus feet. Sri Krishna Chaitanya Nityananda Chandrajan Vrindavana Das Dachu Pariyugagan. Thus ends the English translation of the of the 
Gaudiya Bhasha of Sri Chaitanya Bhagavad, Anchakanda, Chapter 1, entitled Meeting Again at the House of Advaitacharya. So I got it wrong. It was the first chapter. Okay. Okay. And next chapter is Travel Through Bhubaneshwar and Other Places to Puri. So I don't think I should start another chapter, even though there's time left. So if anyone has questions, they can ask any question. Hi, Devi, hi, Bo. Maharaj, I can't believe you remember that. It was so long ago that I met Vishal. Yeah, but it was so startling. And I'll tell the people the story. It was Bhakti Devi. She was kind of getting interested in Krishna consciousness. <laughs> she wasn't yet committed to Krishna consciousness fully, but she was kind of interested. And she'd come from the bank and she'd see me in the back of the Bhakti Center. And then she tells me, well, you know, I was going on a business trip to Miami. I'm going to tell you more about it. And I thought, well, I can introduce my husband to Krishna consciousness. So you go to the Miami temple, which is known to be quite dysfunctional. Your husband, <laughs> your husband walks in and there's a big sign over the temple room with the four regulative principles. And then your husband says, well, I guess this is right. <laughs> I, you know, I, can't, I can't follow this. I, I guess this religion's not for me. And, and then you come back and tell me, and yeah, and this person, when I was outside the temple, sold me all these books. And I said, who was it? And, uh, oh, Vishal. And I said, and, and I said to you, and Betty, you're still into this? <laughs> well, you know, I have to say, though, that, that the way that you described him about yeah, yeah. struggling with his mind, yeah, I have to say I'm a little ashamed of how of what my first impression was of him, because it's obvious that he has a devotion that I, I have to aspire towards. Right. You know, right. so, you know, thank you for <laughs> thank you for remembering that story. It's wonderful. And, and thank you for taking me on as one of your disciples. And um and, and one of the things that you said um, earlier that, that struck me also was, you know, that there's no logic to understanding someone's intimate side and just how, how true that is. Right. Right. Very often we see some person, I mean, I kind of have this pride of my New York antennas that, you know, so much experience growing up in this city, I can see someone just a little something and understand their mind. But you get it wrong sometimes. You make a judgment <laughs> about a person, and then later you meet, wait, this, guy, this person's kind of nice, right? So, yeah, okay. Thank All you, right. Yeah, how could I forget that when you came there? Okay, <laughs> anybody else like to ask a question? Sorry, uh, I have a question, brother. Oh, yeah, I have a quick comment. I, I, I love hearing that story right now with Bhakti Devi, and I love the point about Bashal not judging, but I I especially loved also when you said that when a Vaishnava asks for forgiveness, 
true because it's gone. I, I, I love that point so much. That's nice to know that it can be gone if it's sincerely asked for. Wow. Thank you, Jamuna Jaya. Hi, Bob. Anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj, Sadesh Hari. So many wonderful points. Thank you so much. Um, one which stuck with me was um, when you explained the Vaishnava culture that it's it's um, surrendering, like surrendering ourselves with the circumstances and activities which open our hearts for Krishna, and which and that mood of a service when we choose to to serve the world rather than control the world. That is the just serve without any expectation is, is the definition of bhakti. That was wonderful. Thank you. It's, a, it's Prabhupada said the process is simple. The application is difficult. Because what we have to do, we have the material ability to do it. But it takes so much purification to surrender the false ego. Yes. So that's difficult. Okay, thank you. Anybody thank else you. would like to? Maharaj from Mayapur. Okay. Radhacharan, Haribo. Yeah, okay. All glories to Vishal. Haribo. <laughs> Haribo. Yes, yes. Maharaj? Yeah. Oh, Radhacharan, did you hear my stories? Of course, I remember it well. I was there in Vrindavan when it happened. Okay. <laughs> let's let's catch up in the next few weeks, okay? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay, you just here. Hi, Bo. Thanks. Hi, Krishna. <laughs> I came in a little late, but I don't know if you, so I don't, I, pardon me if you covered this, but how much of a prerequisite is it to feel that expression of love for others before we actually can enter, before Krishna would accept us, don't we have, is there an argument that says or that we need to be able to love one another that fully, have respect for all the souls on the planet as a prerequisite before loving God, like the children would love each other, you know, the siblings first? Or is it both simultaneous or how does that work? Well, I, you know, we don't start, never started a platform of purity. So we, we may meet a great devotee and the Bhakti Lata Beach may come in our hearts and we may have so many different problems and so many different difficulties. You know, but it's expected when you do come to Krishna consciousness, you know, that your heart will become purified and that you actually will understand that Krishna is in everyone's heart and actually have that vision. But I, I don't think it's like you have to, a, a prerequisite that you have to, um, you know, the, the prerequisite from bhakti is, is the mercy of Krishna. And mercy means undeserved kindness. But I, I, I don't think we can take that to mean that, um, you know, I, here's something I'll tell you that in terms, and I, I think that'll resolve it. If you go to the temple and worship the deities, 
but go outside and offend the devotees. Krishna is not accepting your worship. And I heard a very nice analogy about this. It said, for example, if one has a relationship with, let's say a, a man has a relationship with a wife, the wife has with the husband, and the wife or the husband treats the other person horribly outside, or you know, or, or, you know, horribly in one place, and then when they're outside, treats them nice, it's not accepted as love. So when you actually love someone, you have to love them in all places. Uh, here's another example. In the Satya Yuga, there was no deity worship. And the reason there was no deity worship was because people understood that God was in other people's hearts. And therefore, they, they can worship God by respecting other people. But in the Treta Yuga, when, when Krishna saw that people were becoming less qualified, they established, it says in the Bhagavatam, they established the deities. So people would have an absolute, in their mind, an absolute conception of worship. So in that sense, it's not a prerequisite because the per whole purpose of the deities is because people are not that respectful. And at least, at least let them have this image that here is God. But in the ultimate sense of bhakti, as you would advance in bhakti, you can't make those distinctions because Krishna's in everyone's heart. And if you offend the, the people outside, you're also offending Krishna. So simultaneously, simultaneously, it would evolve that you would have compassion and affection for all souls as your love for God evolves. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because you develop all good qualities as you become. It's just like, like Raganuga Bhakti. The, the, you know, the, the real ultimate qualification for Raganuga Bhakti is just the inspiration you get for serving Krishna in a particular way. That can come at any stage of your devotion. But on the other hand, it's said in many times in Prabhupada's books that unless you're from free from an art and a vritti, free from unwanted things, then you can't take to Raghunuga Bhakti. So how do you reconcile it? And the reconciliation is, is that if you are fortunate to meet a Vaishnav that inspires you in your eternal relationship with Krishna, then very quickly you become purified of heart. So if you see someone that's claiming to be in Raganuga Bhakti and has all bad habits, the likelihood is that they're not in Raganuga Bhakti. Because if they were in Raganuga Bhakti, it would purify their hearts. But to come to it, it's just the mercy of a devotee. So you, someone can have all bad qualities. Because bhakti sukriti is different than jnana sukriti and it's different than karma sukriti. There's not an absolute correlation. And therefore we see in our movement people who are struggling on the platform of karma sukriti and jnana sukriti. But they have bhakti sukriti.
and from the bhakti sakriti, then all good qualities will come. Yasya deve para bhaktir tata. No, um, uh, what is that? There's a famous verse uh, that I'm not remembering right now. Like, give me a second. I don't like, I like to confront my lack of mental acuity. Um, what is that verse? Um, okay, I don't remember it. Okay, thank you. You just here. Is that okay? Yeah, I, I, I just, I mean, I guess the, the final point for now, I don't want to take up time, is um, at least for me, I, I see it as part of my sadhana to become more affectionate gradually towards everyone, to just get my mindset around. And obviously some of the th these things are mental adjustments and some of them have to do with spontaneously developing more respect for the souls inside all. It's a good practice because ultimately, ultimately, what's that verse? Taramadye, Sabashreshte, Namasankirtan, Nira Aparade Poya, Paya Premadan. That there are nine processes of devotional service. But the best is chanting. And if you can chant without offense, you easily get love of Godhead. So bhakti is very simple, but what's difficult is avoiding offenses. So now the question is, well, how do you do that? Yes, it's simultaneously. Intellectually, we have to understand the philosophy. Vidya Vinaya Sampane, Brahmani Gavi Hashini, Shuni Chaiva Shapakecha. Pandit, that pandit, pandit sees equal vision, respects everyone, etc. And at the same time, to really be able to do that, it really helps to develop love of God in your heart. Because unless you develop love in God, of God in your heart, it's hard gonna it's gonna be hard to develop the compassion for people who don't have that. Rather, there may be envy rather than compassion. My next Monday morning greetings, that's tomorrow, is what I learned from Tom Brady. And half the people on the phone call don't know who I'm talking about. But, <laughs> but um, I was explaining some of the qualities that he exhibited. My brother told me that they won the Super Bowl, et cetera, and some of the things. But I was also lamenting. I wasn't envious of him. I wouldn't trade his life for my life. Because I have the holy name of Krishna. So unless we develop that devotion in our hearts, our compassion can be misdirected. I was just reading, uh, Borijan just came out with a nice book, a summary of the fourth and fifth cantos. And as the story of Bart Maharaj, how he became distracted by his compassion. <laughs> so it, it's, it's it, like you say, we, we, we have to do both. Oh, anyway, thank you, Eunice And by the way, those books were beautiful uh, uh, that you gave me. I, I received them. Thank you very much. Yeah. Okay. Anybody else?
Maharaj. Hi, Maharaj. Hi, Krishna hey. Maharaj. Hi, Bo. Malachandi. Hi, Bo. Hi, Bo. Good. Anybody else? Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Hi, Krishna Maharaj. Wow. Oh, Hi, Bo. Sri Radhika and listening. Good. Okay, thank you so much for the class. Okay, who else? Hi, Krishna. Can you hear me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just, um, just a quick follow up on your conversation with you, Disciple, is, um, you know, would, it, would you say that part of or a major part of the problem in loving everybody is the fact that we usually um, identify people's material personalities with their souls? That's one difficulty. And, I, I'm, and I'm going to speak to you this year. I'll reference it with Tamal Krishnamaraj where he, he um, I wanted to help the person. And, and I asked Tamal Krishnamaraj to help out too. He said, sure, I love this person. Then I explained the mistakes the person made. And Tamal Krishnamaraj said, that's, that, that's not the whole person. So we mm. tend to see people's mistakes as the whole person. But there's another point here that I think is important. That there's Kripa and there's Daya. Kripa is directed love. And directed love tends to come under the platform of hate and like. Because, you know, but I, I, I admire, I like what Yudhisthira says. We should try to get above that platform and see everyone equally and not fall into those things. But the other hand, there's doya. Doya is compassion. It's real Krishna consciousness where when you love God, you really love God. You see everything is part of God and therefore you love everything. So that's ultimately the platform that's going to bring us to that universal love. But part of developing it in Krishna consciousness is having the right conceptions and applying them despite how we feel. And I think one good practice of this is forgiveness. Because as you go, and, and what is forgiveness? Forgiveness is, um, how did I put it? Um, you know, transcending justified hate. <laughs> there's one thing out of the ego to hate, but there's th people that really do things that annoy us and disturb us and cheat us. So the practice of forgiveness, giving up justified hate, that's the real test if you're developing universal love. And we see today the polarization politically how people hate the other party and the people who lead it. They hate them. And maybe it's justified. But then you can't talk about universal love. <laughs> At the same time, love and peace. But I hate. You know, a, a funny, funny story is, is my mother voted for George Bush. And... and I, I can make a joke. She's probably the only Jewish Republican. 
And she used to go to the club and, you know, she, you know, she'd come back and, and people would tell her, she told them she voted for George Bush and the response is from these other ladies, he should only get cancer. <laughs> he, he, should only get, he should only get cancer. So, you know, it, to, to, like actually, to actually, well, that's how people feel today. <laughs> On either side of the spectrum, there's so much hate. Yeah. You hate the people on the other side and you hate the people who are like the people on the other side. It's really tough. It's really tough to develop your, and, and it should be practiced, but that's where it starts, forgiveness. Okay, Gail, hi, Bo. Oh my yeah. God, I, yeah. I, I, I wanted to squeeze in something about the hypotheses of those who vice to offend Vaishnavs. Uh, uh, yeah. My hearing. My hearing. I wanted my, to, air, air, yeah. Yeah. I wanted to speak something about those who offend Vaishnavs outside the temple. Did uh, you hear uh, that? Yeah, what what do you want me to say about that? Yeah, because I didn't really see how it's analogous to the husband-wife thing because because uh, one is inside and one's outside. But but no. But the point is, one place or another, that's the point. No, but you. But there's a difference between the the soul and the super soul. Uh, let me repeat my, ana my analogy again. My point was, it's not love if you treat someone nice in one place and treat them badly in another place. And, and as, that, as that relates with relationships in this world, it also relates with how we worship God in the temple and how we deal with God out of the temple in people's hearts. And your point is, yeah. When you're in the temple, you're dealing with the deity, but outside the temple, you may not be dealing with the deity. You're dealing with the, the person who is housing the deity. Well, that's what the deities are. <laughs> it's where Krishna appears. And for a very elevated person, another person is the temple of God. Gail, oh, yes. this, will take, this yeah. will take more than the class. I think... Okay. Yeah, we, 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 we need a call. Anybody else like to say hello? Hare Krishna Maharaj, Shri Rupa. Thank you for class. Hare Bo, Shri Rupa. Good. Good. Who else? Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna Maharaj. Sebastian Asimarata from Argentina. Hare Bo. Hare Bo. A few more people. Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj, Narmasaki here. Thank you Hello. for the wonderful class. Thank you so much. Great. And uh, may I ask you uh, something, Guru Maharaj? Today is uh, Nityangi's uh, birthday. Who's I just birthday? wanted Nityangi. Oh. <laughs> yes. 
and she's here right now. And I just wanted to ask you for the blessing for her. Are you in your country home? And no, 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 I'm at home. I'm not okay. in the park. <laughs> okay, where is Nidyangi? Yeah, she's the she's on the Zoom, not with me. She oh okay yeah she Nid can listen Nid now she can hear Nid you. Nidyangi, <laughs> all the best to you. That you may <laughs> chant the holy name with love and devotion, and <laughs> and visit the holy dam. Okay, thank you. Thank you, okay. Guru Maharaj. Anybody else? Hare Krishna, Guru Maharaj. Thank you for class. Beautiful. Hi, Bo. We have to. We still. I know you said that you're not um, known for your bhajans, but we really should record some of your bhajans at some point. No, They're no, beautiful. No. Forget, it, forget it. You don't know my trick, and I'm going to reveal it to any verse in any song that I know. I've only memorized the first line, and then pretended that I knew the next, but just I didn't have time. <laughs> now you're revealing my secret. <laughs> Okay, anybody else? Hare Krishna. Krishna Maharaj. Thank you for class. Isabel, good to see you. Hare Krishna. Good to see you. Hare Krishna. Okay, anybody else? Hare Krishna Maharaj. Okay, Haribo. Hare Krishna Maharaj, it's Indira. Indira, Haribo. Nice, thank you. Wow. Hare Krishna Still in Mayapur? <laughs> yes. Can I be well, envious of the disciple? I, I want to be in the dom. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it's like another year. Beginning. I would have expected you'd be in one place for a whole year. Yes, right. It's, it's beautiful. So okay. This is going Thank now. Um, okay, one second. My earplugs went out. Anybody else want to say hello? I'll see if I can see them. Anybody else? Maharaj, thank I can't you. hear. Okay. Henry. Great class. Great class. Wait one second. One second. Tap, tap the screen again. What? Yeah. Tap the one screen. second. Yeah. You see a little icon up there for uh, the headphone? Where? Oh. Henry, Haribo. Haribo, Maharaj. Thanks again for a wonderful class. It was just fantastic. You know, I love hearing about the old time devotees. Um, Bhavananda and uh, Vishal, and you know, we, we knew those people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll tell them the story about Henry when he first came to Vrindavan. Whoops. One second. When Henry first came to Vrindavan, Vishal asked him for a donation for the Goshala. <laughs> and he gave him $100, and Vishal was just overwhelmed. And then Henry, I think you came back for another 20 years. <laughs> and every year he would be so happy to see you and you give through the cows. <laughs> and I told you also that you got my mother for a donation. Oh, I wish I could hear what you were saying. And, and somehow or other she thought that he was pious. 
I mean, she said I was a very pious man. Okay, thank you. Okay. All right. Anybody else? I'm in the car, that's why, so I don't we didn't hear what you said at the end because you went out. Uh -oh. Anyway, I don't even remember. Uh, okay, uh, we'll we'll head out now. Okay, bunch of corporate junior shock, the person who be a child, but eat that up, hob and a bio, the home.